Welcome to the role-playing hour, brought to you by Johnson and Ridley Genocide Cream. Have you been committing a crime against humanity? Has it left you with wrinkles, worry lines, and crow's feet? It can be stressful managing the annihilation of six million Jews, homosexuals, disabled people, and political prisoners, orchestrating the murder of 2.2 million professionals, intellectuals, political enemies, ethnic Vietnamese, and economic saboteurs, or exterminating through hunger 3.5 million Ukrainians and Cossacks. This can leave your skin looking wan, picky, and older than it actually is. But you do not have to suffer genocidal maniacs' fairy lines. Just apply Johnson & Ridley Genocide Cream twice a day and watch those wrinkles fade away. It'll look like 500,000 Tootsies never lost their lives in a mass slaughter, but without the inconvenience of those 500,000 Tootsies still being alive. Yes, while making mad speeches to the world, or facing your accusers in an international court of justice, you do not need to look tired or dried out. Just because you killed 8,000 Bosnian men and boys doesn't mean your skin has to suffer for it. Losing sleep because you massacred 1.5 million Armenians through forced labour and death marches, it doesn't have to show. Not with Johnson & Ridley Genocide Cream. Free sample with any order over 6 tonnes or more of Zyklon B. What are you wearing, DM? Well, these long johns. Why? Because it's cold. But why long johns and nothing else? Well, because I have the long johns on, so I'm not cold. So I don't need anything else. Jeez, use logic, Jim. It's science. There are so many stains on those long johns. Wendy, these are just from food I dropped on my lap and things like that. They're external stains, not internal stains. You can't lounge around like that. It's criminal. Who are you, the fashion police? Well, as the coolest one here, I think I have authority when it comes to fashion. Oh, right. Yes. What? So, uh, so you say you're the cool one, is that it? Yes, on this show and in this house, I'm the cool one. That's my defining feature. That's why everyone likes me. Is he really the cool one? I never picked up on that. I thought he was the chubby party animal. Hey, I'm the cool one. Jim, since I took up acting, I have been studying the culture of Western human entertainment. For example, I have been watching the cult British series, The Young Ones. Yeah, so? So, no one likes Mike. Who's Mike? There's not even a Mike character on that show. You're getting confused. Mike is the cool one. Oh. Oh, is he the one, the, the short one who... Oh. I hated Mike. I hated Mike. I hated Mike. Vivian was my favourite. Neil was my favourite. Rick was my favourite. Vivian was my... I mean, Mike was okay. Okay, Mike sucked. Face it, if you're the cool character, everyone hates you. People like the Fonz. But only because everyone else in Happy Days was so completely bland. Wasn't every other character on that show played by Ron Howard? Yeah, it was just the Fonz and Ron Howard. In Friends, the cool one was Joey. Everyone hated Joey. Oh no, am I Joey? Just be a party animal. Party animal. Yeah, woo! But, but, I could be that dog that plays piano in the Muppets. You don't even know the dog's name, Jim. But, but... You remember Kermit, the slightly anal hero? You remember Miss Piggy, the token female? You remember Animal, the outrageously weird one? No one remembers the dog. What about in Red Dwarf? The cat, he's the cool one. You mean the most minor character with the fewest lines. Yeah, but people don't hate him. He was just never the focus of an episode. And the most fond memory people have of him is when he became Dwayne Dibley, the uncool one. Face it, Jim, you're like Marcy's second husband from Married with Children. No, no, wait, 
I'm, I'm like Kramer. Zany, not cool. Are you zany? Um, whoa, whoa. No. Face it, Jim. Face it, Jim. People hate you. They hate your face. They hate your essence. They hate your fundamental being. No, no, I won't accept this. I'm going to prove to all of you, to every last one of you, that the cool one is the best. That's a strong statement, Jim. Maybe you don't want to lock yourself into the best. I'm going to prove to you that the cool one is okay, that he's not the worst. You'll see. Just you wait. There goes a man. He's running, but he can't escape. Fate is going to get him in the end. Can I have his room? No, Alien, you can just keep floating on the couch. I hope you didn't scare him away for good. You'll miss him, you know. Jim, no, I'm sure I'll do fine. You will. He listens so patiently to your rants. He says, yes, no, what? And really, DM, you know, all those filler lines someone has to say to break up a joke. He did it so obediently, like a puppy. No, no, anyone can be a rant breaker-upper. Wendy, you can fulfil that role. I said, Wendy, you can fulfill that role. Say say yes, DM. Oh, yes, DM. Where I am from, we do not call that acting. We call that being an extra who gets extra pay for having a speaking part. Anyway, let's give this a go. Um, hmm, a rant, a rant. <sighs> Let me just stretch back into my chair. Ugh, look at those discoloured areas on those long johns and the snail trail snaking up the bloated pale belly like coffee grinds on the top of a soft serve ice cream. I know, and I hope that bulge is just the long johns rucking up. What was it with Star Trek The Next Generation and Tasha Yar? I mean, Star Trek is all about a utopian future, right? An ideal time where everyone is equal? And yet, the character of Tashiar told us every other episode that she spent most of her life running from roving rape gangs on her home planet of Turkana 4. Rape gangs? In Star Trek? If you go to Memory Alpha, the online Star Trek encyclopedia, it has rape gangs as an entry. You're supposed to say really, or, or that's nice, DM. Oh, sorry. You were just talking like you didn't care what anyone else said. I assumed you would think any opinion I would have was useless, so I was just sitting here and being alone with my thoughts. Oh, say something. It counts as a line for you. It doesn't count. It counts. <clears throat> That's nasty, Em. Can I join the acting union now? Not until a monologue, an aside, and a soliloquy. Well, it would be nice if I get one of those between you and me. Listeners, I've always wanted to join the acting union. That's two out of three. Rape gangs. So in the future there's no racism, no hunger, no poverty, no sexism, no inequality, almost no war, but there is this one failed Federation colony full to the brim with roving rape gangs. Turkana 4. Can you imagine the tourist guides... Exotic Turkana 4 is famous for its cheesecake, but trust me, it's not worth the trouble. I mean, maybe Gene Roddenberry was trying to say something inspiring and positive, like, the future is so nice that no matter what trauma you have, you will get over it. No matter what you have endured, people around you will help you and accept you, and you'll still be able to recover, be included, and excel. You know, Geordie is blind, but that's no problem, everyone loves him. Data is an android, but he's a bro. Picard is bald, but that's no setback. Deanna Troy doesn't perform any useful function, but that doesn't stop her from succeeding. You have trauma from growing up on a horrible planet, but that trauma need not dictate your life. Maybe that was what Roddenberry was trying to say. And I mean, it is a real-world issue in war zones. Horrible things like that happen. Maybe, maybe it should be addressed, but somehow 
Star Trek and uh, especially 80s Star Trek just doesn't seem to have the aesthetic sophistication to deal with so dark and sensitive a topic appropriately. Wendy? <clears throat> Wendy, this... <clears throat> Wendy, this is where you say something like a small throwaway line. I'm sorry, DM, but the show you're talking about was made before I was even born. I just don't care, but it's good that you're engaging with the obscure cultural artifacts from the Smithsonian archives, lest we forget. Tasha Yar and Rape Gang. She even makes a point of saying she ran from rape gangs from when she was 5 to 15. I mean, how dark can you get? It's Star Trek, it's PG. Sure, similar atrocities sometimes happen in the real world and are reported in the news, but Next Gen has an episode about Sherlock Holmes' enemy taking over the ship. It has an episode where the crew became Robin Hood characters, and then there's a planet full of rape gangs. Of course, somehow that does make the universe seem more real. I have been accepted into human university. I'm going to live in a dorm. I hope my roommates let me study. There are clubs and societies at university. I would like to join the choir. Do you think they would let me, or am I too shy and retiring? And will they be too cliquey? Wow! Gordon, that's so exciting! Alien, what are you doing? Nothing. Don't try to start your own more interesting plot thread in the middle of my rant. I'm sorry. No, abandon that. No university. I just wanted to learn that anyone can succeed, that choir is about harmony and teamwork, and that everybody has a part to play, much like life. No, no, no. You will not overshadow me with a more interesting plot thread in the middle of a rant. That's not how this works. <clears throat> Tear up that university entrance offer letter. Tear it up now! But... Tear it! <clears throat> Very well. Wom wom. Where was I? <clears throat> rape gangs, yes, yes, rape gangs. Rape gangs and Tasha Yar, yes. So, Tasha Yar's character died in the first season, and they forgot that character thread of hers. While she was around, they kept mentioning her childhood background, though, so they obviously thought it was good story fodder. Can you imagine if she had stayed on board as a character, and if they had kept exploring that issue in their typically Star Trek way? <laughs> You discriminate against me just because one half of my face has been raped and the other half hasn't. And you discriminate against me because the other half of my face has been raped and the first half hasn't. This is foolish. Can't you see you've both been raped in the face and you both haven't? He is right. Mom and apple pie. Mom and apple pie. People of Excalibus 3, can't you see? You don't need to bring yourselves to be raped by this computer. It is just a machine that rapes because of its programming. You should only have sex with the computer if you really want to. You must learn that no means no. No, no means no. No means no. No means no. No, I was created to rape you. You must come back. You must come back and insert yourselves into the raping pod. I rape, therefore I am. I'm sorry, Rapertron, five million. These people have learned self-respect. Now you must learn about consent. No! Mom and apple pie. Mom and apple pie. Data, you broke the Prime Directive. According to the laws of first contact, we should not have interfered with the primitive society. We should have let them all be raped to death by space gorillas. 
I am sorry, Captain, but I could not sit back and allow that to happen. My sub-processors told me that being raped to death by space gorillas was wrong. Perhaps I'm finally becoming more human. Oh, perhaps you are, Data, perhaps you are. But I think that in truth you have learned to appreciate Mom and Apple Pie. Captain Kirk, we are holding this court-martial because 500,613 charges of sexual assault have been brought against you by women from 813 different civilizations and at least five android, crystalline silicate, and unclassifiable organisms. What do you have to say in your defense? Shit! This is Jonathan Frakes, and I hate the role-playing hours so much that whenever I hear it, I want to eject my warp core. This is J.G. Hertzler. I hate the role-playing hour. I hate it so much that I sent an entire fleet of Vulture-class heavy cruisers to blow them out of the sky. And I am your son. <laughs> Go on. Think everyone hates the cool guy, do they? Think the cool guy is boring, do they? I'll just go for a typical gym day and show them how boring it is being the cool guy. Now to get on my motorbike while not wearing a helmet. Now to rev up my hog. Another day on the way to work for me, Jim PJ Jams. Now to turn on the nitrous oxide boosters. Yeah, I'm nearly breaking the sound barrier. Woo, broke the sound barrier. Shockwave shattered every window in town. If that's not cool, I don't know what is. And I pulled so many G's, I gave myself a cool cowlick. Now to park her outside my small business. Yep, my small business is part bar, part death metal record store, part art gallery, part alternative dance studio, part strip club, part exotic coffee bean supplier, part comic shop, part firing range, part meeting place for criminal syndicates, and it's called Jim's Hellhole. Man, the mortgage on this place though, and I had to borrow so much money just to buy stock for all my wide and varied forms of business. See my overheads. Ah, Jim. Ah, that's my barman, Champlain. He wears jeans with chains and a sleeveless, bulletproof vest. He has a handlebar moustache and a cowboy hat. And, if you take off the cowboy hat, underneath he has a bandana. He looks like a human G.I. Joe. He even has his hands in a constant state of readiness, knowing that a handgun or assault rifle could fall into them at any time. Just like a real G.I. Joe. Jim, I have unstacked the chairs from the tables and moved these old boxes from out the front of that fire exit like the safety inspector said. Thanks, Champlain. Defeating the fire inspector, mission accomplished. <laughs> mission accomplished, Jim. Over here is my dance floor. The yellow light comes on, it's a performance art space. Everyone on the dance floor has to take part in interpretive dance. Red light comes on, it's a stripping stage. Everyone has to take part, and it's all led by my queen of the floor, Bindi. Hello, Jim. Bindi is an 8'6 androgynous wonder. Is she a man? Is he a woman? No one can tell, but everyone wants her. When it's a dance floor, she dances in a cage, suspended above the crowd and the smoke machine. Disco ball refractions playing off her exotic skin. 
When it's a performance arts face, the bottom of the cage drops open and he is unleashed to dazzle and amaze with his moving portrayal of the potential for the sublime in the human condition, executed through the contortions of his muscular frame and controlled silence. And the red light comes on, Bindi introduces the strippers and operates the machine that makes all the sparks shoot out onto the stage. And tell them what their sparks do, Jim. I will, Champlain. The sparks light up the pubes on the strippers. Pubes, you say? In this day and age? Yes. Pubes made entirely of sparklers. As my male and female strippers shake their crotches at you, sparks will fly. And if you do not feel like stripping or watching strippers, you can relax in the corner with a comic or with one of our latest international roasted blends. Yes, that is the beauty of this place, something for everyone. After a few cocktails, you can also head back to the frying range to practice your aim with our 50 caliber long-range sniper rifles or machine guns. My hands are ready for them. Yes, Champlain, your hands are. And this art on the walls, you can buy it. Or buy it and then shoot it. Or spit on it. But spit on it and you bought it. Jim, some criminal syndicates are meeting in the back room. Which ones? The Triads and the Russian Mafia. Ah. You have insulted our ancestors by trying to take over our turf. But that vodka and caviar factory belongs to us. For this, you must die. Yet, you must die. <laughs> You shoot the pictures, you paid for them. Champlain, bring them some international roast. Calm them down. Oop, red light. Oh, yeah. Oh, très bien. Here comes my, my bulletproof vest. I will strip it off and show my airy, masculine Frenchman's chest. Ooh, Champlain, <laughs> so sexy. Covered in, in croissant crumbs. Oui. Oh, très bien. Yeah, take it off. Here we are, Jim and Champlain. And Champlain is wearing a kinky cowboy hat. Oop. No, he's wearing a bandana. <laughs> Yellow light. Jim and Champlain are invoking the suffering of humanity <sighs> through battlement colisseau. <laughs> devastating, just devastating. <sighs> All right, regular lighting. Whew, that's tiring. Okay, Champlain, now bring them the coffee like I said. Oh, I spilled some during my foie rond de jambes and tournant. Yep, well, that's coming out of your pay. But I was personifying the despair of mankind. Well, you personify it better next time because you'll be despairing about less pay. Chop chop, Champlain. Buzz trois, Jim. Right. Now, how to make sure only the cool and exclusive people get in tonight? I could charge a $300 cover. I could require a secret password. Hmm. I could put a condemned sign out the front. Actually, my overheads are so high I should probably just let everyone in. Not easy being a small businessman in this day and age. Maybe I'll have a happy hour. Shall I get in the cage, Jim? You certainly should, Bindi. Now I just have to make sure this piece of pop art is hanging just a little bit more skewed and light one of the candles in my doll's head chandelier and kick the glass case under the bar to wake up the dwarf sleeping in there. And we're ready for business. All I want now is for Wendy, Gordon and the DM to come here so they can see how cool I am and see that being the cool one is actually great and not at all boring. But where are they? This is Patricia Quinn. And I hate role-playing R, because I was nice, and I asked for nothing, and those bastards gave me nothing in abundance. This is Corin Nimick. Do you hate the role-playing hour? Not a problem. I'll get them cancelled faster than you can say, synchronized swatches. Ah, <sighs> seriously. You're still making me do this Parker Lewis shtick? You think this is funny? You guys are complete... So there's been an article floating around on social media. It's from The Guardian, and it's called 
What Happened When I Started a Feminist Society at School by Jinan Yunis. As the title suggests, a 17-year-old girl writes about starting a feminist society at her school. There was a huge backlash. A lot of it came through social media. People said, wrote, and tweeted things like, Bitches should keep their bitchiness to their bitch selves, hashtag bitch. People said that the militant vaginas of the high school feminist society were as dry as the Sahara Desert. She was apparently a feminist bitch feeding girls bullshit. Another said, Feminism doesn't mean they don't like the D... They just haven't found one to satisfy them yet. It's the Xbox Live crowd having a political opinion. It's anonymous, so they can say what they want. In a way, we're getting a clearer view of the true opinions of these abusive folks than ever before, because usually they might not dare to say such things in public. I'm concerned, though. I believe the hecklers are misunderstanding a certain point. Feminism strives for equality, right? See, what I don't get is why love of the D would have anything to do with wanting equality one way or the other. You love the D so much, you're happy to be disempowered. That would have to be some pretty good D. I don't think any D is that good. If you think it needs to be, you have male anxiety issues beyond what can be repaired with our science. D, after all, is just a small part of the day. After D, a lady might want a hobby, a career, a social life before returning for more D. You can be a fiend for the D or a foe of the D and still want equal rights and respect in all areas. Surely, if you love and respect the C, you would appreciate that. The point is, the D and love or hate of it has nothing to do with feminism at all. These guys are completely missing the point. Now, Wendy, you speak. You say a little line so I can keep ranting. That's your job. Wendy? Wendy? Where are you guys? What you gonna do with all that junk? All that junk inside that trunk. I'ma get, 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 get you junk. Get you love drunk off my hump. What you gonna do with all that ass? All that ass inside them jeans. I'ma make, 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 make you scream. Make you scream, make you scream. What are you guys doing? But, what, where? Discovering ourselves through choir. I don't have to feel fat anymore. And I learned that the cool girl is just as insecure as me. We're best friends now. And our team is about to win the National University Choir Competition. No. No. Why? No, no. Having side adventures more interesting than my plotline. No, I want to rant. And you're going to sit there and listen. But we hate your rants. They're so self-indulgent and Boring. You just like the sound of your own voice. You should appreciate this one. It's about feminism. You're female. It's basically about you. Mm, not much about me. Hey, I know. You could rant about a spunky chorister singing my humps and learning to be self-confident with her nerdy alien roommate. That would be a good rant. The choir even invited me to the after party. I'll finally be a member of Alpha Theta Kappa. And I think that boy on the other team likes me. No, I'm not going to rant about that. No, 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 no. That's boring. Oh, uh, please. No, I'm unenrolling both of you from university. You're both withdrawing without completion ungraded. All you choristers, get out of here! Back to glee then. But DM, I was doing really well in social science. You can do really well in social science at home alone. Can I at least hand up my group project? No! But my group! They should have known better than to be in a group with someone like you. Someone who has no place at university. But they didn't choose me for their group. The professor assigned us to groups. 
Then the professor should have known better than to assign you. It was random! Then the professor should have known better than to rely on random chance when assigning groups. What an idiot! Your professor obviously doesn't know what she or he is doing. What was your assignment on? Chaos theory. Your group will have to fail. What about my group task for psychology? You're leaving your group too. What was your group task on? Separation anxiety. You're failing separation anxiety. Okay, now where was I in my rant? Lost my train of thought. Ah, yes. <clears throat> So, feminism, not about the D, yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> I don't know why these men are so sexually threatened by feminism or why it causes them such sexual anxiety. As much as inequality has been codified by genitalia and as much as sexual roles have been influenced by sexual inequality, you know, in a weird way, feminism isn't about the sex act. That is essence, at the most basic level, all feminism wants is equality. Any intelligent, thinking person can see from objective evidence that men and women are not yet treated entirely equally. I'm a misogynist, desperately afraid of women, and even I can see this. Women in practice still don't get all the benefits that men have in our society. We still see sexism and misogyny everywhere. It's obvious we still have a way to go. And feminism is not trying to take anything away. It's trying to make men and women equal. If you're against feminism, the only thing you're really against is equality. You're saying that you're against all human beings being equal. And what sort of moral position is that to take? Could you genuinely argue that? Is your stance really women are inferior to men? Men are better and should have power and women should be second class. That's your argument because that's absurd. Why would that be your position? These guys that make fun and talk about the D and dry vaginas and whatever, feminism isn't even about that at all. They just don't get it. They're arguing a different argument. Feminism doesn't care what your sexual orientation is or who you like to have sex with or how. It's just about everyone getting treated with equal respect and consideration. That's it. So therefore, every time a person says something dumb and sexist, they're actually proving feminism's point that sexism still exists and that there is still a ways to go. They're proving that feminism has a valid point. Every time someone like that opens their mouth, they help their so-called enemies cause. I mean, can you imagine a televised debate or a game show? Hello, and we are here for round one of the debate. Feminism versus those who think feminism is silly because sexism is boring and not a problem. And, madam, for the green team, you are? My name is Jane and I'm a feminist. Uh, thank you. And you, sir, for the red team, you are? Hi, my name's Tom and uh, I think feminism is a bit overblown because, you know, that's in the past. Just chill, right? We're all friends here. Very good. And now our points counter is live. Jane, if you would like to begin by speaking first. I believe that men and women as a whole and on an average are pretty much the same in terms of thinking abilities, their souls, you know, who they are. I believe that men and women are both of equal value and both should be as respected and cherished as the other. I feel that there is some inequality now, but hopefully... Because we are advancing as a species, we can get beyond that and there will be no need for feminists. We'll all just be called humanists or something. <laughs> mm. And, sir, your rebuttal. No, no, I, th I think feminism is, is a bit silly. We don't need it. And why is that, sir? Well, because she's a bitch. Oh, I'm afraid that's one point to the feminist side. No, but you didn't let me finish, Jerry, with my important point. She's a bitch, is what I was going to say. And then I was going to say, and bitches should keep their bitchiness to their bitch selves. Hashtag bitch. Oh, I'm afraid that is another point to the feminist team. Her militant vagina is as dry as the Sahara Desert is the point I'm trying to make here. Three points for the feminists. 
She's just feeding girls bullshit because she's a feminist bitch. I think that is a key point you're not understanding if you just listen, Jerry. Four points now. Feminism doesn't mean they don't like the D. They just haven't found one to satisfy them yet. Am I right? And we have a win for the feminists. I have never seen this in all my career, where one team basically argued for their opponent and ceded every point, helping them win the debate at every single turn. This really is an incredible turn of events. Thank you, Tom. I can't tell you how much you've helped validate feminism's position. You really have given us your all today. You've done more for feminism than Jermaine Greer. Oh, I did good. Does this mean you fuck me now? I'd give you a 5 out of 10, you're not bad. Oh, there you go again, Tom. Thank you. You just never stop. Yes, he really is a feminist crusader, proving the value of feminism at every turn. Next up, we have Tom debating the civil rights movement. Tom, as usual, is opposed. Tom, if you would like to open with your key argument of why you believe people of non-white backgrounds are inherently inferior to white people and should remain as second-class citizens, and why this is a morally superior position to take. Well... Being black doesn't mean they don't like the D. They just haven't found a D to satisfy them yet. Don't you think it's just like that? Wendy? Wendy? Wendy! Oh, sorry. I tuned out. Me and Gordon were playing Boggle. But I was just ranting about feminism. It applies to you. Yeah, but your arguments were kind of grasping and self-righteous, like you thought you were special for saying them. I was embarrassed on your behalf and a bit about the C. What was that? Whenever people rant about their so-called beliefs, I always feel like they are trying to convince themselves. Oh, look, I got the words self-congratulatory. Aw, oh, that beats my boggle words. Straw man. How many bloody boggle dice are you playing with? I said, how many bloody boggle dice are you playing with? Sorry, we were ignoring you. We thought you were still ranting. Oh, you aren't good rant straight men at all. Where's Jim? I miss Jim. Listeners, would you like to call in and tell us what you do to be cool. Is it a fashion? Is it a way of living? Is it an attitude? Call in and let us know to style 8313-5000. Or you can write in our Facebook wall. Just look for the Role Playing Hour on Facebook or type in the address facebook.com slash the Role Playing Hour. Call in and write in now and tell us what you do to be cool. You're listening to Jim, the disembodied alien intelligence, Wendy in the DM here on the Role Playing Hour, brought to you by Johnson & Ridley on 101.5 FM Radio Adelaide, digital radio and online. Previous episodes can be found at our WordPress site at theroleplayinghour.wordpress.com. But right now, call in on 83135000 or write on our Facebook wall and tell us oh, what you do to be Cool. Oh dear, DM, here we are flying across this pit of snakes in a hovercraft. But I've just spilt my carrot juice because the snakes beneath us are getting restless. I think you'll have to use your amazing guitar skills to soothe them. Okay, Doctor, who really likes me and we're totally best friends, I'll do that. Insert guitar noise here. Oh, no, no, Colin, you weren't supposed to read that bit out. This is Jules State, and I hate the role-playing hour because I asked them to feed my fish, and then they fed my fish too much, and now my fish has body image issues. Okay, so nothing on the wall. Nothing so far. Uh, Wendy, if we can just take a moment. Um, uh, Inequality. Inequality. Germaine. Oh, inequality. Germaine. I I I did say that, like, quietly. All right. Cool. All right. Now we can edit that in. <clears throat> no problem. Do we have anything else we need to do? I don't know. I don't remember. Mm. I right. feel sure I messed something up, but I cannot remember what it was. So I will say penis in case that will help. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, nothing on the wall. Nothing. No one calling. I don't think so. I guess we can... Oh, the moose head's looking at me, and the moose head is telling me to tell you that 
hang on, this must only be going for a couple more days. In fact, you could probably not possibly end subscribe to this now because the weekend is coming up and then there'll be a new mm. subscriber prize on Monday. Indeed. So, should I even mention it? Well, I'll mention it in case you know someone. I guess if you, maybe if, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Can we you could that? mention it. Why not tell them what it in their so. faces? Yeah, exactly. What you just exactly. missed out on is a two-week, possibly, unless you can somehow subscribe over the weekend, a two-week tour of Cambodia for two people, <gasps> exploring beyond the, the tourist trails thanks to the Dragonfly Tours of Cambodia. And that's flying with Malaysia Airlines, winner of the Skytrax Award for Best in Flight Service, valued at $5,000. To win that, all you would have had to have done would have been to subscribe to Radio Adelaide. You also would have got Radio Adelaide's Full color magazine sent out to you. you would have, it would only cost you $75 a year or $40 concession. So, and you know, the odds of winning that would have been pretty good because there aren't that many subscribers, not many in a month. So, really good odds, actually, compared to most competitions. But you probably mm. missed that. But there'll be a new subscriber prize next month. Maybe, yes. maybe it's good. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. We it's do. probably like a it box will be of chocolates or something. Hmm. Cambodian chocolates. <laughs> <gasps> Wendy. What? <laughs> it was my chair. Okay. Phew. Guys, okay. we went through this. Okay. Uh, do we have anything that we need to say? Anyone need to give any shout-outs to anybody or anything like that? No one's calling in to tell us what makes them cool, no. how they manage to make themselves feel cool, but because no one, who, A, no one would listen to this show, B, even if they did, they wouldn't know. Yeah, cool people don't cool. listen to this show. No. Some are on it, though. No, they're not involved with it in any yes, way. They no, are. that's, that's, that's true. Shut up, it's true. I think as soon as you sign up, you lose all coolness. It's gone. I don't know about that. It's it's in the small print. You should have read the contract. Also, sexual confidence and ability. That's right. Because it's the psychological issues in the background just mean that it never quite is the way it used to be. We've lost You're the like, property. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. I'm on the role-playing hour. Shit. Shame, shame, And shame. it kind of goes floppy. Mm. <laughs> Trying to thread a needle with a wet noodle. Mm -hmm. (sighs) So you've been there too. (laughs) I lived there. Judy? Was it Judy? From across the hall? Yeah. How did you guess? Yeah, Mm. no, I don't know. She just loves, halfway through, she always screams out, You're on the role playing hour, aren't you? You sound like that guy. And I'm like, No! That's floppy. Has to remind you every time. She can't just let it slide. Judy. If you're listening, obviously you know what this show is. Hashtag bitch. (laughs) Not very nice, alien. Judy's a lovely lady. Lovely. (laughs) (laughs) This is Lance Vegas, and I hate the role-playing hour because they mostly come out at night. Mostly. This is K-9. Though this unit is incapable of emotion, I calculate that the role-playing hour has a 98% probability of causing feelings of hate and distress in any sentient life form. And now a word from our sponsor. Gentlemen, do you find yourself falling out during personal time with your loved one? Is it embarrassing? And does it leave your partner feeling unhappy and judging you unfairly? Do you need to rake against the walls of a female's vagina as a trigger for ovulation? Then you need Johnson and Ridley penile spines. Yes, it works in the feline kingdom, so why not in the human? Use Johnson and Ridley penile spines during your next lovemaking session and hear your partner yowl with delight. Yes, Johnson and Ridley provides a band of 120 to 150 backwards pointing penile barbs crafted to precision by Swiss engineers. 
Cats have penile barbs and everyone loves cats. So try Johnson & Ridley Penile Barbs today. Your lover will never want you to pull out of her. You're listening to The Role Playing Hour, brought to you by Johnson & Ridley. Ah, uh, it's a good night. People are shooting in the back room. Criminal syndicates are discussing hits and drug deals. People are stripping and doing interpretive dance on the dance floor. Exotic coffee is being drunk. Comics are being read. Death metal is being bought. Art is being reviewed. But where is the DM and everyone? I wanted them to see how cool I was and that being cool is not bad. I guess I'll just have to do something really cool in the meantime. Maybe when they get here, they'll see me doing that and they'll be like, Wow, that's cool! And they'll realize the cool one of the show is the best one. What will you do, Monsieur Jim? Champlain, do we still have that pit of snakes out the back? Oh, we, oui, we, oui. we are supposed to give one free snake away per customer with Snake Italica's latest album. And no one has been buying Snake Italica's latest album. They have just been downloading it. Do they not know they are missing out on a free snake? Great. I'm going to jump my motorcycle over that pit of snakes. What about, can we set the snakes on fire? Flaming snakes are even cooler. Yes, and we would have no snakes if anyone buys an album. Yeah, point. Okay, just throw some dry ice in there so it's all smoky. Smoldering snakes are still cool. Everyone, follow me outside. I'm about to do something cool. Okay, jump over a pit of snakes. This certainly doesn't look like I'm trying too hard. And that's not very cool. You should jump over that pit of snakes blindfolded. Yeah, you wuss. True. Doing it while I can see is too easy. I'll just put this blindfold on and I'll walk over to my bike. Jim, Jim, you are going the wrong way. You are walking right towards... Ah, I'm falling into a pit of snakes. Ugh. This is horrible. Snakes, snakes everywhere. So many snakes. Just wait, Jim. I shall slow down a rope. Ah, uh, they're crawling inside my clothes. Still, Champlain, nice work with the dry ice. I haven't put any dry ice in yet. Well, then... <coughs> hey, matey. Roland, what are you doing here in my pit of snakes? Well, your club looked pretty cool, so I thought I'd check it out. Only problem was I was pissed as, so I fell right into this pit of snakes. That's horrible. Yep, I fell into this pit of snakes and I had nothing with me except me bong. So what did you do? I got stoned in a pit of snakes. Roland, how long have you been down here? <coughs> Three weeks. My god. It's not so bad. Most of these snakes have been treating me okay, except that one. When I get out of here, I'm throwing him in a pit full of Rollins. Don't worry, Champlain will throw a rope down here soon and we can both get out. Ah! A snake just crawled across my wiener. They're down my sleeves and up my pad legs. Being scared of snakes isn't very cool. Yeah, you're worse. Oh, I can't let my patrons see me like this. Jim? DM! Jim, is that you? DM, why didn't you come to my club sooner? We, we didn't even know you had a club. But I invited you. How did you invite us? Google Plus. Oh, Jim. We saw because someone tagged a photo of you falling into a pit of snakes at this location on Facebook. Here is your rope, Jim. Thanks. Just let me and Roland climb out of this hole. Ugh. 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 Finally out of that snake-infested hell. Me too. Roland, you're covered in snake bites. Nah, mate. These are just track marks. Nothing to worry about. But the poison... I can see it eating away at your flesh. Nah, that's just a septic heroin ulcer. DM, I just wanted to say, look, I'm sorry. I bought this club, I tried to jump over a pit of snakes, but 
I tried too hard. And cool people never try too hard. That's the very definition of being cool. I'm, I'm not the cool one. There, I said it. I'm just the boring one who tries too hard, and that's why no one likes Mike from The Young Ones. He's the same. Wait, this is your club, Jim? This is pretty cool. It is? Oh, wait, gotta shake a snake out of my pant leg. My god, you got snakes in your pants? That's so cool. It is? Jim, look, being the cool one means, well, on the one hand, it's the fashion, and you have that, but you're right, being cool means... Not caring. It means not reacting much one way or the other. Good things happen, bad things happen. You're not fussed. You just go with the flow, being cool. And you, that's how you work. You just sit there and you don't force anything. And that's why, when I rant, you make such a good ranting buddy. Because you know you're cool. You know you don't have to try hard or interrupt me. You're confident in yourself and you're content to just sit there and occasionally say pointless little lines to help my rants along. Uh huh. And that's what I need. You're not self conscious. You're not a glory hound. You're cool. Jim, you're one of my best friends. And I should say that more often. I need you around. Why, these others, when I tried to rant, they wouldn't. E- Wait. Wait. Wait, where are they? Load the belt into the Gatling gun. Loaded. Okay. When Tantalus Force gets here, we'll let those terrorists have it. They'll never blow up Parliament House with their fusion-powered microwave emitter weaponized uranium bomb. No, they try and cross us and they're through. Guys, what are you doing? We're saving Australia from the freelance international secret agent terrorist squad of elite fighters known as Tantalus Force. They kidnapped my husband. We don't negotiate with terrorists. So you're going off on your own subplot adventures again that are more interesting than the main plot? Well... And when did you get married? It was a part of the subplot. You had to be there. It was a charming service. I was the bridesmaid. There were three bridesmaids. I was the most important one. Third most important one. You can't do this, guys. I told you. But you were ranting. When I rant, you just got to sit and... Jim, tell them. Just sit there, sometimes nod and go, "Uh uh-huh, and say, but DM as if you're offended. You don't actually have to listen to what he's saying. The point is not to be fussed. Just be cool. Fine. Tantalus Force will just have to blow up Parliament House. My husband will just have to stay in prison in a terrorist cave. I knew that fortune teller was right, and your wedding would be cursed, Wendy. And to think I caught the bouquet. I hope my wedding would be cursed. You didn't catch the bouquet. You pulled flowers out of the vase on table 23 and then ran in front of all those girls and pretended you caught it. Still counts. Flowers weren't even the same colour. Still counts. Tantalus Force, attack! Ah, well, gang, I think we all learned an important lesson today. Uh Uh-huh. Nod. But DM! Jim's club is great, Jim is cool, no one needs to try too hard to be cool, and everyone should listen to me all the time. Uh-oh, yellow light. Hey, I am the wind. I am the willow. Hey, I'm in Toad Hall. Come enter my Toad Hall. Live inside as a free toad. As a freeholding toad. A freeholding toad. A baron baron toadicus. Baron von Totor. Mmm, it's game of wind in the willows, thrones crown of things. Ah. 
Look at these fine people in our interpretive dance contest. In the green dress and the red shoes and doing the limbo is Wendy. In the halo of the light and doing the Irish river dance is Gordon. In the cowboy hat, wait, wait, the bandana. And doing freestyle breakdancing is Champagne. In the everlast tracky pants and the flannelette shirt and spinning on the spot while smoking a bong is Roland. In height of modern fashion and doing the big fish, little fish box is Jim. And in the stained long johns and doing the repeated pelvic thrusts is the DM. Let's give them all a hand before we choose a winner. Move to Toad Hall. Move to Toad Hall. Hey, move to Toad Hall. Yeah. Move to Toad Hall. Move to Toad Hall. Sweet. Move to Toad Hall. 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 Tune in next week for the Role Playing Hour, brought to you by Johnson and Ridley. And up next, it's punk music and video game fun with Zabba.